unity and diversity in the body. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. This is the word of the Lord. We're given in the, the New Testament especially uh, several pictures, aren't we, of, uh, or metaphors of what the church is. Um, Say, so, you know, the church is the bride of Christ. Uh, the church is the family or the household of God. It's at the temple or the dwelling place of God. It's the, the flock of God. And perhaps the most famous image is the image we get here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That image of the body. Verse 12, uh, we're, we're told that the, the body, though one, has many parts. But all its many parts 
form one body. And so it is with, what are you expecting it to say there? Paul's been talking about the life of the church together. We kind of, yeah, we expect just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body. So it is with the church. He says, no. So it is with Christ. Just think, think on that for a moment. We are, not just part of, but even in our little expression of it here in Thurman, we are the body of Christ. Let's think for a moment. That, that means uh, the connection uh, that Jesus has with us is as close as we have with our bodies. It's as close as it's possible to get. So if you're here this evening, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're part of his body, whether you, whether you acknowledge it, whether you live that out or not. Paul goes on to say in verse 13, For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. This is a description of becoming a Christian the moment you put your faith uh, in Jesus, you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, we are joined to Jesus. We belong to him. His death becomes our death. His life becomes our life. We're given the Holy Spirit to drink from. The Holy Spirit enters into our life and empowers us day by day. This happens to us at the individual level. But the moment you become a Christian, you are incorporated into the body of Christ. You belong to the body, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, whether you're Jew or Greek, whether you're slave or free, whether you're young or old, whether you're male or female, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're confident, whether you're shy, whether you're thriving, whether you're struggling. That's why the spiritual forces are terrifying. There is nothing and no one else in this universe that can bring that diversity of people together as one. We are many parts, Paul says, but we are one body. But at the same time, we continue to be the people God has made us and is remaking us to be. Each one of us is part of the body of Christ that is St. Luke's Thurnby, and the body of Christ that is St. Luke's Thurnby is made up of each one of us. And if last week we were thinking that the Holy Spirit-filled church looks like people whose lives were, uh, were being lived with Jesus as Lord more and more, uh, and a place where gifts were used to serve others. Uh, this evening we're going to see that the Holy Spirit-filled church is a church where everybody is able to say, I belong, I am needed. But there's nobody who says, I don't belong. There's nobody who says, I'm, or nobody who says, I don't need you. You see, it's a place where everyone belongs. We, we pick it up in... Um, in verse 15 and, and following, uh, Paul writes, Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. 
If we're to live our lives together, empowered by the Holy Spirit, our life together must mean that every follower of Jesus here belongs. Each one part of the body. Each one where God has put them. Just as God has designed it. If we look around, uh, hopefully it's clear we're not all from the same background. Not everyone has the same accent. Uh, Not everyone has the same way of dressing or the same preferences. Uh, Whether that's to do with the style of service or whether it's to do with what's your favourite food, your favourite colour. We look around and we see that our lifestyles are quite different. Uh, That is good. And just like our bodies need all the different parts that make them up to function properly, so a local church, like St Luke's, needs each of us, each individual part, to function properly. If my body was made up entirely of feet, that would be weird. And I would be useless. If a church is made up of exactly the same kind of person with the same kind of gift, you know what? That would be weird. We would be useless. One of the challenges it seems that the the church in Corinth were facing was, uh, depending on uh, how people were feeling and and where they they, they felt they were with the the gifts that they thought that they had from the Holy Spirit, a significant number were feeling like second-class citizens. Uh, Potentially, if we read on, because maybe they were those who, who weren't speaking or praying in tongues. And they were left feeling like they didn't have a place, they didn't belong. And it might be that there's some here this evening, or, or maybe others in the life of our church, who, who are feeling something along those lines, maybe for different reasons. Uh, maybe it's because they serve in a role that isn't particularly visible and feel nobody notices. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, it's really important to remember, visibility is not the same as how valuable the gift is, or how valuable your serving is. Or perhaps you're somebody who's maybe struggled to get stuck in serving for whatever reason. Maybe stuff that's going on in your life. Maybe you're not quite sure what your gifts are. Uh, Situations that you face. Your capacity. And you look around and you think, everyone else is more stuck in. I'm I'm just on the sidelines. I don't really belong. Well, first thing I want to say to you is I'd love to have a conversation with you about what it might mean for you to be stuck in and serving. But second of all, If that is you this evening, I want to encourage you with something from Hebrews uh, chapter 10. It's probably a fairly well-known verse. Uh, The writer uh, puts down, he says, um, uh, Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of. But, and we kind of jump ahead and write the sentence. So, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing so. What's the opposite of that? Therefore, meet together, right? That's, that's, that's my head. That's, that's my logic. But it's not what the writer writes. He says, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The, the implication being that just turning up is an encouragement. That is a gift. That is a blessing. You being here this evening is an encouragement. It's a gift. It's a blessing. Even if you feel like you're on the sidelines, you are, you are being a gift right now. If a Holy Spirit-filled church is one where everyone belongs, 
It must at the same time, therefore, be a church where everyone is needed. That at no point can somebody turn around and say, I don't need you. That's Paul's second point, verse 21. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the foot, to the feet, I don't need you. Now, I'm fairly confident this evening nobody is going to just quietly turn around to you in the pew and go, I don't need you. I mean, we've probably got enough kind of social skills and British reservedness not to do that. And if you're thinking of doing it, please don't. But I wonder how easily any of us would turn around and say to the person near us and say, I need you. And I think, therefore, there's probably a place for me standing at the front this evening. Somebody who's, I guess, given responsibility to help lead the life of St. Luke's, um, who is uh, given a house and some money in order to um, help run things and get things going and, and serve the life. Uh, maybe it's very easy for somebody to look at a vicar and go, well, of course a church needs a vicar. And therefore, for one of the vicars here to say to each and every one of you this evening, I need you. I need you and the gifts the Holy Spirit has given to you. We need each other and the gifts each one of us brings. Paul goes back to our bodies. Take for our bodies, for example, Paul says. He says, verse 22, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Just think about it a minute. The most indispensable parts of our bodies tend to be the bits that we pay absolutely no attention to. I reckon, wouldn't be much fun, probably get through life missing an eye. But even harder, potentially, I could get rid of a leg and still be alive. I could probably go one or two days without a limb. How many of you are paying attention to your liver? You pay attention to the visible parts, my leg and my eye. So it's something of that is true in our life together. When it comes to our bodies, if something's hidden away, it, it says something about how special it is. Or it says something about it. Verse 23, the parts we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no spiritual treatment. How do we live as a church where actually we're living out that sense of everyone is needed? And I love this. Paul gets brilliantly practical. He gets very real to life about this. End of verse 25. Each, each of its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. Just think about it for a moment. Uh, you, you walk out the door uh, and you... Um, I was going to say you're walking up the steps, but you'll be walking down. Well, you, later on, you're walking up the steps and you stub your toe. Your toe is the thing that's hurt, but your whole body is jumping up and around going. So it should be in our life, together. Or if one part is honoured, every part rejoices. Just think of that moment when you tuck into a beautiful ice cream. It's your mouth that's getting the enjoyment, right? But your whole body's going, mmm, so good. So it should be with our life together. A truly Holy Spirit-filled church is one where everyone belongs, where everyone is needed. Summed up, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. You see, Paul has laid the foundation for us. 
And then he brings the so what moment. If everyone belongs and everyone is needed, we expect Paul, therefore, to say something along the lines of every spiritual gift is of equal importance. That's what we're expecting, right? That's the kind of, judging by the foundation he's laid, and yeah, read verse 28 to 31. God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it would seem, from what Paul writes here, are more significant to the life of a local church than others. But again, that's like our bodies, is it not? There are some parts that are well, every part is valuable. Every part of our body is part of the body. But there are some parts we can't live without. And some we can. And we kind of want to get into the nitty gritty of that. We kind of know where these passages are going, that it's heading to chapter 14 and prophecy and tongues and, and things like that. And we're going to get that. It's just a few weeks down the road. So let's come back. And before we get there, we have possibly one of the most famous passages to look at. 1 Corinthians 13, which again, Paul pauses to just lay the final bit of the foundation for us. The motivation of us using our gifts. What we've seen tonight, though, is that a spirit-filled church is one where everybody can say, I belong. Everybody knows that they are needed. Every one of us is part of the body. All of us are valuable. And between us, we have all the gifts that we need for our life together. Some will possibly be more significant to our life together. And we will explore those. But this evening, know that you belong here. Know that you are needed. What's the Holy Spirit wanting to say to you tonight? You belong. You are needed. Heavenly Father, would you help us to know this evening that we belong to the Lord Jesus. We are his body. And we have the closest possible relationship with him. He's not ashamed to call us his own. You are not ashamed to call us your own. And you have given us the greatest gift, the gift of your spirit. I pray this evening that whoever we are, we would have a sense that we belong here. That sense of we are needed. Lord, we might still have questions. But I pray that as we as we live this out, we'll we'll find you answering them. And we will be experienced something of the life that, that you have called us to. You are shaping us uh, to live out that life that terrifies the spiritual forces of darkness. Uh, and thank you that we live in the victory of Jesus. We rejoice in this and we give you thanks. Amen.